Howdy and welcome to the Feed Bandit Podcast, where we have fun talking all things hunting and in the process do our best to support small and family-owned businesses in the hunting space. Here are your hosts and resident bandits, Jimmy Byrne and Richard Kinchlow. Howdy everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Feed Bandit Podcast. Uh, your host, Jimmy, here, along with my co-host, Richard Kinchlow. How are you, sir? Good evening, sir. Doing just fine. Well, I'm excited to learn a lot tonight. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about a couple of uh, pernicious predators we have here, at least in Texas, I guess mostly elsewhere as well. Sure. Uh, the yote, the pasture poodle, as you call them. Yep. <laughs> and the uh, a little bit about the bobcat. Uh, yeah. Where do you want to start? Well, we'll uh, we're going to start off with a little trivia tonight. Oh. What is, and I didn't tell you about this on our, on our pre-call uh, meeting. I am totally no, unprepared. No. Yeah, no, I know. That, that, that's what's great about this whole thing. Okay. So, so what is the smartest critter in the state of Texas? And you can't say human or chimpanzees or gorillas or anything like that. I'm saying wild native game species. Wild. Or they, not even, no, just wild, wild species, animal in Texas. Now, do you, when you say smart, you mean like brain smart or senses smart or how? Just, yeah, everything. <laughs> you know, I don't know that deer can know trigonometry. So I'm yeah. assuming, you know, uh, craftiness, wittiness, things of that nature. Okay, maybe. true. They're only good with algebra. Uh, yeah, right. I'm right, guessing right. the coyote, since we're talking about that tonight. Right. And I thought you would think that, and you're absolutely wrong. It's really? Yeah, it's the Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, it's the Bigfoot. And I believe. Know, we'll I, do an episode that. about that. Yeah, you, you, I'm surprised you didn't know where that was going. <laughs> but but the second smartest critter in the entire state of Texas, really, I and I think it'd be um, you know, art uh, uh, would rival anything in the 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 woods, really, in the United States would be the would be the coyote for sure. Um, you know, maybe a wolverine, uh, maybe uh, maybe a wolf or something of that nature. But you know, the the coyote is by far one of the most intelligent. Uh, critters in the world, um, you know, as far as is the way it hunts, uh, you know, the way it hunts with a pack, uh, just its ability to survive off of virtually anything. Uh, I think a real testament to the coyote and its uh, survivability. Again, I don't know if that's a word. Um, is is what they've done here in the city, you know, in in Dallas. I mean, it is just it's insanity about how many. How many, uh, you know, news articles and neighborhood watch alerts we're getting for, you know, these, you know, these coyotes going around and people don't understand why are they here? Well, right. I think there's a couple of reasons and I'm kind of diverting here, but uh, just to yeah. prove how smart they are, they're, they're, they're an opportunistic eater. Okay. I mean, you know, why would they go and run after a rabbit when they can kill somebody's, you know, uh, kick dog, you know, those little Polynesian poodles or something like that? You know, they, they can go out there and do that or they can go eat Mr. Jingles, the cat, uh, again, as opposed to chasing a squirrel. Uh, they're, they're smart, smart, smart critters. So, uh, anyways, yeah, for sure. In the state of Texas, the coyote is definitely the, 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 the smartest, the smartest critter. So, uh, this, this podcast is, is kind of going to be, um, talking a little bit about, you know, again, the off season, you know, things to do in the off season, uh, and predator hunting is definitely one of, uh, you know, uh, when you when you when you when you think about predator hunting, the first thing I think that you really got to think about is you got to get your mind straight and, and understand the fact that um, you know if you're hearing a lot of coyotes out there, you're seeing a lot of sign, whether it be tracks or or scat. And for those who don't know what scat is, it's uh, it's poop. Okay, so um, if you're saying I have children, so you know poop's a common word here. Um, you know that you know you if if it's your goal that you think you want to obliterate them, wipe them all out, then then you might as well stop because you're gonna fail. Okay, mm-hmm. again the 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 coyote is very you know they've got their territory and all that, and if you knock one out, well guess what? There's gonna be one right there. Um, you know, listening to my county trapper, um, you know, for Rancho Bandito, listening to him talk about the coyote, he basically looks at. You know, pieces of property as a revolving door. Sure, you may kill some, you may call some in, but but guess what? When that one dies or that pack dies, you're going to have another one right there. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's something. That, absolutely, absolutely. So it's just something that you've got to 
you just got to manage. So, so tonight I'd like just to talk a little bit about, you know, um, um, you know, ways to hunt coyotes, you know, when do you hunt them, you know, and, uh, and just, just some general techniques. You know, I spent a lot of time in my, my career, you know, hunting coyotes, um, uh, whether it be in Throckmorton or at Rancho Bandito or out near Lubbock. And, um, I mean, they, they are a lot of fun and, and really one of the, the, the most entertaining ways to hunt coyotes is to, is to call them in. Okay. So, um, let, let, let's talk about kind of the, the, the general, you know, why we'll start with the why, you know, why do you want to call coyotes? And then we're going to jump to Bobcats after that. So you're um, saying, uh, why do you want to call them or why do you want to hunt them in the first right, place? That's what I meant. That's what okay. I meant. You know, why, why do you want to hunt them? Okay. Yeah. You know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that the coyote is a predator. Really no different than you and I. It's just a lot smarter and furrier. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the coyote, uh, you know, will will go after fawns, okay? And, and you know, it, it's without fail on, on social media and, and, and on, you know, web forums and all that. You know, come uh, April, May, June, July, you always see the, the picture of the big bad coyote with a, with a, with a dead fawn in its mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously you... You want to do what you can to try to to try to control those numbers again to the best of your ability and as much as nature will allow it. You know, uh, also you know coyotes will kill turkeys. You know, coyotes will kill. Uh, obviously, they'll kill livestock as well. You know, sheep and all that kind of stuff. Now, a lot of uh, folks have taken steps to prevent that. You know, having donkeys and and Great Pyrenees in the case of sheep and goats to to prevent the coyotes from you know uh, preying upon sheep and goats, but. Um, um, you know, again, you're trying to manage their numbers, I think is a, is, is a really good choice. So one of the techniques you can do to, to do that is to actually call them in. Okay. And so by calling them in, basically it's, it, it's the, the kind of the, the art, if you will, is called a predator calling. Okay. And so a couple of different ways you can do that. Uh, first and the, probably the most inexpensive way of doing that is to have a hand call. Okay. And, and typically, um, you know, the, the predator calls you see out there for coyotes and bobcats are going to be uh, the, a, a dying rabbit, okay? Mm-hmm. So when a cottontail rabbit's heard, it makes a <laughs> noise, and it's really loud. And uh, it, it is, it is a, it's a dinner bell to, to bobcats and the coyotes. So, so they, uh, that's obviously something really attractive to them. Um, in, in this day and age of modern technology, we've also got a lot of electronic callers, okay, that have a myriad of different sounds. So you've got, a, you know, that you've got a distressed rabbits, you've got a distressed jackrabbit, okay. Um, then you start to get in kind of some more of the, uh, you know, coyote noises, such as, you know, the, the distressed pup, okay, or the, the, the challenge howl and things of that nature. And obviously those are, those are really good for different times of the year. Uh, for example, uh, coyotes typically the, the females start having pups right about now. So, you know, late February, uh, you know, early March would be a great time to do a distressed pup, uh, uh, call if you're out there trying to call on coyotes and they're maybe they're not answering a, a, a distressed rabbit because, you know, the, the, the female is going to be wanting to protect their pups. Um, so you've got, so they can't uh, tell that it's not their pup. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know actually that that's, that's, that's just great. kind of like the instinct of motherly instinct yeah. of a yote to yeah if they hear it they're just like well i gotta protect that one okay. right right I, you know I'm, I'm not really sure i never even really thought about it that way um I'll, I'll tell you the one thing that will turn them off really quickly is that if you're uh, you know you're out there doing it and your speaker crackles or something of that nature and then obviously they will be going the other way very quickly <laughs> um so so those are really kind of two ways of of calling them in so Let's talk about kind of the the setup. You know, where where do you want to go? What time? Okay, you know, what time of day? Where do you want the wind? Things of that nature. You know, as most animals are, most animals are really active. You know, dusk, dawn, and at night. Okay, and the same is same is true with the coyotes. Okay, obviously, in the heat of the day, you're probably not going to see many critters running around. The coyotes the same way. Bobcats same thing. So you know, again, the morning and the, and the afternoon and the evening and the night have been my uh, my most successful. Uh, in, in making stands and, and, and calling coyotes. As far as, as you know, where do you want to go and, and try this? Um, I've always been the opinion that, you know, if you've kind of planned out your deer blinds right, meaning that you can, you know, you can see for a long way, uh, I've always loved deer blinds, okay? And, and the taller, the better. Um, that's going to give you kind of maximum visibility to to look and 
and, and, and to see them coming. Um, one thing uh, of note, though, is even though you may be up super high, uh, a coyote, even more so than a, than a deer, in my opinion, is really going to use its nose to to determine, okay, I hear this noise. It sure sounds pretty darn tasty, but is it really what I think it is? Mm-hmm. A coyote will typically uh, attempt to circle downwind, okay? You know, you, you've seen the shows, and I've seen it, you know, in, in real life where you've got a coyote coming in, and he hangs up at about 150, 200 yards, and then starts moving the left or the right. But but the, yet their head is fixated on you as they're running because they're trying to get downwind of you. I mean, again, talk about instinct. Talk about, you know, survivability. It, it, it's crazy. So, um, again, evening or in the morning, uh, you know, elevated spot in an area where you can see for a ways. And make sure you've got, you know, make sure you get that wind in your face. Okay. Now, they, uh, sleep, uh, they, they sleep in dens. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. But... Truth be told, I don't really know how much sleeping they actually do. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I I think they're really kind of on the run almost constantly, and and God knows, you know, they're super active at night because we hear them all the time. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean, they're they're kind of like deer. I, I can't remember the statistic. How much how much sleep does a deer get? You know, a day. I mean, it, it's it's a not lot, much. probably a lot less than me. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'd be dead, and we'd all be zombies. Uh, but you know, they also we live to you know potentially 80 or 90 they live till eight so uh you know that right that, there's always that so um so let, let's talk about um you know technique uh we'll talk about guns uh you know do you need to wear camo you know things of that nature well the the coyote you know, has the, the season color okay so uh camouflage is an absolute must okay to 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 the point of even if you're in a deer stand, a tower stand, where, you know, your your bottom half of your body is concealed, gloves, head net, I, I think are absolutely crucial. Um, the other thing is, is that, you know, they they make some head nets that are, are, are real leafy, you know, they kind of, you know, flutter in the leaf, uh, in, in the wind. I, I personally, I, I think those are fine for, you know, for deer and for turkey, especially if we're sitting on the ground, something of that nature. But But for predators... It just draws too much attention, uh, so I really like to go with a, um, a a solid, if you will, face mask. Um, that that'll keep you, you know, good and concealed. Um, as far as as rifles are concerned, uh, you know, we have a lot of people that ask, you know, what what caliber? Well, you know, it, it kind of depends. You know, I think a majority of people, present company included, I I end up using my deer rifle. Uh, for a couple of reasons. First, I'm um, I'm familiar with it. Okay, I know how it works. I know the trigger pull. Uh, I'm able to, to shoulder it quickly and and um, you know put my target down. Uh, you know the other thing is I'm not too really concerned about jacking the fur up. You know, uh, but if you're going after a you know a bobcat um, or or a coyote and you're wanting to save the fur, you know you might want to use a, a smaller caliber. Um, that said, the, the 22, 250, the, the 223 and the 243 have always been pretty hot calibers. Uh, when it comes to predator hunting, uh, at least when I was growing up nowadays, you've got the Ruger 204, the, the 221 fireball and some other, some other, uh, loads that are super, super fast. That'll, it'll dispatch any bobcat or, or coyote very quickly. Um, so those are, those are kind of the, the, the firearm choices. Uh, the other choice of firearm is going to be a shotgun. Uh, and I'm going to come back to that because, uh, there's, a um, as far as your, your technique is concerned, kind of how it all goes down. A lot of the times a shotgun is, is, is very much so needed. Uh, I have had several times where I wish I had one with me. Um, well, I mean, you that must have been pretty close. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's and and so that that's kind of what's what's funny about the the coyotes. Uh, typically, in in a normal setting, at least in my experience, uh, calling coyotes, the you know you you once you let's talk about kind of the you know the how how it all goes down. Okay, so you get to your area, uh, you make sure everything is good. You put, if if you're using an electronic call, you put your call out there. Okay, uh, the other thing is if you're using an electronic call, make sure you cover it. Okay. Uh, they don't really like to see a shiny piece of plastic out right. there, even though it even may if be... it even if it has camo on it. Right? Exactly, exactly. You know, make sure you cover it. Um, oh, a lot of the speaker over there. 
Right, exactly, exactly. A lot of the uh, the calls this day and age actually come with a little um, a little predator twirly do on top, and and, and those are great because it really attracts their attention. Uh, again, the downside to those is is that uh, if you happen to be you know sitting directly behind the little twirly do, and the predators focus on the twirly do, and you move, um, he's going to make you, and he's out of there. So. I always kind of put it, you know, obviously downrange, but but kind of offset, especially if I'm sitting on the ground, okay? Well, and pay um, attention to the wind in that instance, right? Oh, like for kinda, sure. You know, if you kind of offset yourself from right. from that, but also still be in the proper area, for, place for the wind, right? Right, for sure. Yep, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. Um, and and so after you kind of after you after you get settled in, you know, my my dad always has always coined the phrase of just let things settle down. You know, you had just walked in there, you know, you've 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 kind of disturbed the area. So my dad always says, you know, let things settle before you call. And I think it's a great piece of advice, um, you know, because you really you kind of want to get comfortable. OK, because uh, and when and when I say get settled and get ready, you need to have that gun up. You need to have that gun on your shoulder. If you're in a tower stand, you need to have it outside the tower stand with your scope caps flipped. You need to be ready to take that safety off and fire. Um, because it, what I have found is that if, if, if you are going to call in a coyote, it's going to be within the first 20 minutes of you calling. And I don't care if you're using electronics, um, calls or your hand call. Okay. 20 minutes. If you have not called in a coyote, then you either need to move stands or you can hold out for a bobcat. And we'll, we'll jump into that in a minute. Um, but, uh, I mean, without fail, I, I think maybe in my career, and I've called in a whole truckload of them, I may have had one or two that I can think of that was the exception to the rule. Uh, the rest of them have been inside of, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. So going back to the shotgun story, uh, my, my father and I, when I was younger, we were, we were calling over a, a big gulch in Throckmorton. Great setup, full camo. Of course, this was... This is back in the day when we had to carry the gigantic cassette player with us. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, God, it was a chore. So dad carried everything else, and I carried this monster thing. Uh, and we set up this, uh, we, we ran the speaker down kind of in the ravine. God, it was it was perfect. Um, of course, we had to cover the speaker wire. You know, it was a little bit, little bit more difficult back then. Well, the second we hit play, I mean, with, with within 30 seconds of hitting play, <laughs> we had a coyote pop out within five yards Wow! Uh, to my right. I mean, right there. Um, it was that quick. And again, you know, even if my dad was able to swing the gun over, avoid killing me to get a shot out, I, I you know, he, he was, he was too close, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he definitely would have missed. So again, having a shotgun there would have been great. Um, fast forward a couple of years later, kind of the actually similar area in Throckmorton come, calling from an old, uh, an old deer stand. Um, my buddy and I got done with the morning hunt and, uh, you know, no, didn't, didn't shoot a deer. So I, I happened to have my hand can call with me. Um, I, I blew a couple of, uh, of notes on that thing and, uh, here come three, I mean, three running down this trail right at us. I mean, just like they were there in the brush and we never saw them. Uh, we're able to get one with the 30 odd six. And as, as we got the back one, the other two still kept coming Uh, and they got to the point where we just couldn't get the angle with our, with our, with our rifles. So again, you know, the shotgun would have been handy. So that might've been why you didn't see any deer. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's that's a really good point. Never, never thought about that. So, so yeah, having the, for, for the coyotes, having the, having a shotgun, if you can, I I think is a good idea. Uh, you know, people are going to say, okay, well, what kind of, you know, what kind of, what kind of load do you use? Well, you know, I'd probably use a heavier upland game load. I wouldn't use eight shot for dove. You know, I'd probably use a three, three and a half inch shell. If you've got a full choke, maybe throw that in there. Maybe, maybe your turkey load actually, I think would, would suffice. Uh, Lord knows you, you've killed things with the turkey load, oh, like yeah. the, the hogs and <laughs> yeah, right. that seemed to work just fine. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, hunting hunting coyotes is, is a lot of fun, and, and it's a lot of work. So, but but that's um, it's super rewarding when you when you're able to call one of those guys in because they're again they're they're very very smart. Well, that's one thing um, I've yet to do in my yeah. career is uh, call in a coyote. Now, I mean, right. I've shot I don't know how many, yeah, you know, but but I've never actually had the pleasure of sure. you know 
successfully calling one in. Right. Um, right. Hopefully, I can uh, remedy that this spring. Yeah, absolutely. That would be yeah. We'd the uh, the fawns would appreciate the the fawns yet to be born would appreciate. It. Um, you know, and the the other way of, of doing it, and this kind of applies for both coyotes and bobcats and fox and and, and really other predators out there is is doing it at night. Um, you know, doing it at night is is a very similar setup, except um, obviously you're going to be. And again, this is this is in Texas, so it's it's legal. Uh, obviously, check your local your local uh, your local laws and all that to make sure it's legal where you're hunting, but. Um, you know, we typically uh, have high racks in the back of pickups, or you can just, if you get a UTV, get in the back of that, you put your call out there and you have a, a, a very bright spotlight. And, but, but the principles are the same, you know, go to an area where you, you know, that's, that's got some good visibility and, um, you know, after you let things kind of calm down, you're ready to go with the rifle, the shotgun, you, you start calling. Um, and I typically will, when it comes to night, I'll typically give it, you know, maybe five to to seven minutes uh, between calls, and then you just pop that spotlight up. And I'm actually doing it right now, which is kind of funny. <laughs> pop that spotlight up and just kind of very quickly go from right to left or left to right, and you just look for those eyes. Um, now, is that, that's what you'd want that uh, if you have the spotlight with that red cover, right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, they, yeah. they say that might, that's that, the one I have has that red cover. Yeah, they they say that the red lens is 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 uh, is better for hunting predators. Um, I, something like it doesn't it doesn't bother them as much when you when you shine them. I shine a shine the light on them. I, you know the 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 spotlight. You know was like four billion candle power right. on the the white light. You know obviously kind of kind of bothers them, but. Um, you know, I, I've seen it where, where coyotes will, will hang up right there at, uh, you know, when the spotlight comes on them and it's kind of, that's kind of feast or famine. You got to take your shot right there, you know, but sometimes if they're, if they're really loving it, they'll come in. Um, I also have had a, a couple instances where we put the light on, they were 200 yards out, uh, blew the rabbit call again after turning the light off, you know, five minutes later, they're still staring. You know, so they're hung up. Okay, I mean it's the same kind of principle with turkeys. So, on a lot of the calls, um, you know, obviously electronics, but on the on the, the the hand calls, they have a squeaker. Um, it's a little deal that just kind of sounds like a mouse, or you can use your you can use your lips. It kind of sounds like this. Yep. And if you do that, you're kind of changing things up. And I have used that very successfully to get. Uh, to get them to kind of break out of that hung up phase and and bring them in, and that's both that's both coyotes and bobcats. So um, be ready to squeak because uh, that that can definitely make a difference. Well, you did that. I don't know if you remember, but that bobcat that I shot. That's how how you oh, called yeah. it in. We were yeah. sitting at the <clears throat> that front blind on yeah the, the fifty pasture and uh, oh yeah <clears throat> yeah. You know, and it, we didn't see we didn't see many deer or nothing to shoot right. there, and we're just, right. the light was going down, and you started doing that. Then, like you were saying with the coyote, I mean, if you remember, I mean, it was like thirty seconds later or a minute later that bobcat was running, started kind of trotting down the road. I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. oh that was a great picture, by the way. We need to. Yeah. Yeah, we need. Oh, to, I've got to I, find that and post it on this one. Yeah, I was gonna say because uh, <laughs> well, folks, I can... if you've ever heard of sky camouflage, which <laughs> probably most of you haven't, uh, th- if Jimmy finds this picture and posts it, you, you will absolutely love it. There was a a, a Western <laughs> store in Texas called Walls, it, one of the greatest outdoor stores there ever was. It's just primarily clothing, you know, for you know for the. Uh, you know, r- more rugged outdoors clothing, you know, for like oil and gas, that kind of stuff. But they had some snap down shirts, which were just, just incredible. Some of the patterns they had on them. And one of them was this, this light blue with like little uh, clouds, like, bo- <laughs> yeah, with like little, like little clouds on it is the damnedest thing I've ever seen. And we called it sky camo. So beautiful uh, pearl snap shirt. Oh, absolutely. So if, if we were ever hovering, you know, above the sky, Jimmy would be in great shape. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, try to find that picture. That'd be a good one for, oh, for this episode. Yeah, that's an awesome picture. <laughs> so, it, it, you did you take it or did I? Because I think I took it. So you might have it somewhere in your archive. Yeah, I guarantee you, I do. When we get off here, I'll take a look. In fact, I All think right. I know where it is. So I looked also. The, the, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, you got me that uh, that bobcat there. I shot it with Our my two forty three. 
That's that right. I mentioned earlier. That's right. And, uh, and then I had it a full body mount, like it's stalking. Yeah. And, uh, that's probably my favorite mount so far. Sure. And the funny thing about it is I can't. My wife uh, scared of it, so she <laughs> she doesn't want me to have it in the house. So I got to wait till I have a proper uh, sure. office yep. for on my own when we get move into the larger house, so that I can yep. put it in there. Uh, awesome. Of course, you want to keep the door shut. But there's one time I got to tell a story. I <laughs> when I first got the mount and I brought it home, we were living in an apartment, and uh, I put it. I brought it in, and she wasn't there yet. And this is probably why she's scared of it now. Now that I think about it, idiot. God, why did I do this? <laughs> I, I, on top of so our our kitchen cabinets didn't go all the way to the ceiling. So there's like you know two feet or so between them and the top of in the ceiling. Right. So I put the bobcat like right above the cabinet. I was right above the microwave, and I didn't say a word. So she comes home. Or <laughs> I mean, like an hour later, we're in there cooking or whatever, and all of a sudden, a, like a blood curdling scream. <laughs> <laughs> what the? <laughs> and, well, oh I can God. understand. It's justified, you know, justify why she doesn't like it. I don't uh, think I've ever seen it. Have you not? A, oh, no. well, maybe I'll take. I may have to take a picture of it and post it on this episode, also. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's my uh, that's my bob my one bobcat story. Although I will say this, not just as a, I guess as a segue into maybe bobcats and yeah, but uh, I've seen two bobcats in my bobcats and or like. But two bobcats, I'm really sure were bobcats in my right. entire life. And what I mean by that is not like out of the corner of my eye. I was like, oh, my God, I think that might have been one. Right. Like blatant ones. And it was that weekend. And in the really? very next weekend, we came back to Rancho Bandito. Right. And I was sitting in the exact same blind. And another bobcat came from the exact same spot <laughs> the next weekend. Okay. I didn't have the same rifle. I had a different one. I had, right. I don't, but, but And I shot at it, and I missed that time. I think I remember that. I thought I hit it, and I was looking everywhere for it. I may have, but I don't, I don't remember if I saw blood or not. I don't think I right. did. Right. But, yeah, I mean, exact same time, like exactly seven days later. Right. But, you know, the second Bobcat of my entire life. And since then, I haven't seen a one. And that's really in eight years now or whatever. No kidding. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, it, it's it, it's funny, you know, again, the kind of a, a segue into, into to Bobcats, you know, the people, it's just like you said, you know, you've only seen a handful in your life. Ironically enough, I actually saw one this weekend huh. uh, while driving around with the kids and allegedly one of the kids that we were we were talking about in the last episode actually saw one as well. So or saw it, which is which is awesome. Uh, you know, my daughters have 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 seen a few as well. But, you know, pe- people often say, oh, you know, like, new people, they're not, you know, have not hunted or anything. I've said, well, I can't believe you shoot bobcats. You know, aren't they <laughs> endangered? You know, and the reason why they say that is because they just don't see them. Now, of course, that's kind of changing in Dallas because oh, yeah. you know, they seem to be showing up just like the coyotes and the opportunistic feeder are showing up everywhere. I, 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 I very well much remember a handful of years ago um, getting out, uh, going out my front door to go to work and there are two big bobcats on my neighbor's lawn. And of course I started squeaking on them, you know, squeaking and thought, you know, looking for a stick or a hose or something to kill them with. Cause that's just kind of what I do. But, um, yeah, you know, people, pe- people don't see a lot of bobcats cause well, it's just kind of the way they like it. You know, they're, 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 there are, they are very secretive animals. They're, they're a cat, you know? Um, so, you know, it, it's not as though you're going to see them out there, you know, running around in the middle of the, uh, in the middle of the prairie, you know? Um, you know, they're going to hang to the bushes. They're very, they're very stealthy. They're very sleek. Uh, so, so let, let, let's, I, again, we're segueing into the Bobcat. Um, you know, the, again, the, the Bobcat makes its living by stealth, you know? Um, I don't think they're overly fast. Okay. So, you know, again, that, that's how they, they do it. You know, they're going to sneak up on their prey and they're going to pounce on it. The, the, the problem with that is, is that if, if you happen to be their prey, meaning you're doing the calling, um, you know, it, it is not easy to see those, to, to see those critters. So, so my first tip of the day, if you're going after bobcats, um, uh, and, and what's great about it is you can do coyotes and bobcats at the same time. Uh, now I'll, I'll, I'll hit on that first. And the reason being is I've always said, and always found it to be true that, you know, again, within 20 minutes, if you have not called in the coyote, you're being hunted. Uh, you are literally being stalked by a bobcat. Um, it, because again, I have found that the, the bobcat, 
uh, will will take its time and very methodically, you know, step by step, um, make their way into the call investigating. Uh, you know, they typically, you know, I the the times that I've called them in, they haven't gone downwind or anything of that nature, you know, but they're not just going to come running in like a coyote will, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're just going to hang to the brush, hang to that edge and, 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 and sleek into there. Okay. So, so that being said, one, one of the tips that, that I strongly encourage you to, 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 to use um, is to, you know, take in everything in your environment um, and, and, and really watch everything and specifically the other animals. Okay. So if you've got, if you're hunting you again, from one of your tower stands and you've got a feeder there and you've got some deer there or a turkey, you know, and the, and the, the dying rabbit sound doesn't scare them off, which a lot of times it won't because they're, they're kind of used to hearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, watch the reaction of those animals. Okay. Uh, time, they'll tell you when something's coming. Uh, I've seen it time and time again that the deer will, their tails will start to raise up and they'll stomp and they'll snort. And if that's the case, get ready. It's go time because something's coming in. Uh, you know, again, they've got better eyes and better senses than you, so use them. Um, the other um, other ally you've got on your team are the birds. Uh, I, I have, I can't tell you how many times uh, the birds have alerted me to a bobcat, including the first time I ever called one in. This is probably... Oh, this is the this is the you know God. I think about it, like the mid nineties. Um, I was hunting in a, in a very 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 thick mesquite. Uh, I mean forest. I mean <laughs> the, this place was 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 pretty incredible. The old old growth mesquites, and I had a I had a call again my uh, my wired tape tape deck call. Uh, you know, probably thirty yards down the down the road, kind of going towards the feeder. And I had thick mesquites to the right and the left of me. Um, and I had a little trail behind me. Uh, I started playing that call and was kind of watching. The, I actually had to watch, uh, believe it or not, a uh, digital, of course, because, you know, that's you know, I can't really tell time otherwise. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I was watching my watch uh, and uh, I, I swear to you, it was like 26 minutes past, you know, and I was almost getting to the point where I'd have to flip the tape because I believe the tape was every 30 minutes. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm watching out there in front of the call, watching out there in front of the call, you know, because I know this is good thick country. This is good bobcat country, right? And, uh, you know, nothing was showing up. And all of a sudden, I had a mockingbird that, that landed on top of my roof. And uh, there was that, the, the, the roof was made of that um, corrugated uh, steel, the tin stuff, you know, you can make roofs uh-huh. with. Yeah. Uh, and so, of course, his claws on top of that roof were just incredible. And, and he was doing his, um, his alarm sound, you know. And the guy was going nanners. Huh. And, and so I thought to myself, man, you know, that's, that's got to be some sort of a sign. And again, this is when I was still really new into it. And sure enough, I still remember to this day, I remember turning around. Oh, if I'm doing it again. Oh, so slowly. <laughs> and right there, right there in my footprints, because it's a little bit muddy, footprint with about 10 yards, the steps of the blind was a, a really good sized bobcat. And I remember he was looking at the footprint and I guess he kind of saw me move. And he looked up at me, and of course, boy, if I had to change underpants, I probably could have used it because I'm like, man, that first, that's a big cat. And oh my God, he snuck up on me. I had no idea he was there. Right. Um, and so I can remember, I mean, just like something you see out of a movie, he kind of, he kind of lunged down and just kind of crept off into the, to the scrub to the left of me. And so I, I kind of knew this guy's coming in. I can't believe it. So here I am, you know, looking out the left of the blind. Uh, you know, and it, 10 more, 10 more minutes go down, um, or, or, or go by and I've already had to flip the tape and I'm, I'm kind of thinking he's hung up or he's not coming and I'll be damned if he didn't show up. I mean, right there at the call. Uh, and so it was a situation where I had to, I had just to pull the trigger. And of course I was freaking out and I jerked the trigger. I, you know, I, I had a better chance of hitting my speaker than I do with the damn cat. Uh, I was going to ask you if he hit the speaker. Yeah, no, I did. I did not. I did not. But um, but but they're they're fascinating animals, and so you've really got to be on your game. Uh, you know, caliber gun, same as the coyotes. Okay, again, unless you want a nice pelt. Okay, I mean, obviously, if you shoot a you shoot a bobcat with a seven millimeter, you are going to do substantial damage to that right. pelt. Uh, but if you don't care about that, and you're just looking for something to dispatch them. Hey, seven mag will just will will we'll do it just fine. Um. But camo is a must, obviously. Uh, as far as call selection is concerned, again, you know, the, I've always used the rabbit with the, you know, with the squeaker 
has been fine. You know, I know lots of people that that, that they use Yellowhammer Woodpecker. Again, this is here in Texas. Uh, you know, in, in areas where they're jackrabbits, people use jackrabbits. They're fine. Um, you know, there there are bird distress calls. There's, there's lots of different things. And, of course, the electronic calls have also got the, you know, bobcat and heat and, and all kinds of stuff. So, um, I you guess know, those again, uh, with the – what <clears throat> have you read anything or what do you think about uh, apps on your phone? Yeah. You know, and yeah. using the call on that. Yeah, uh, you know, I your phone I has an okay it, speaker. I don't right. you know, maybe if you plug it into or have like a Bose with you or something. Right. I don't know. Yeah, no, that that's a really good uh that's a really good thought. Um I'd have to I, uh, yeah, I, I would think it would work. Yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna bring but a Bluetooth just, it, a Bluetooth Bose with me. Sure. Next yeah. time we go down there. It's just gotta be it's gotta be as crystal clear as possible. Well the Bose uh, are just you know, they're I, I would imagine it's about as good as you can get for that type right. of. I don't know. We could try. We'll see. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Test it out. For sure. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, now that that's kind of the the deal with the bobcats. You know, again, uh, they're they're not going to be a a scenario where they run right in. Okay. You know, use the other animals around you to help. You know, to to help. You know, show you know what's you know to help you pinpoint what's going on. Uh, you know, if there's something coming in, crows are, are really good, uh, a really good example. Crows go absolutely nanners uh, when it comes to, to bobcats. If you're hunting an area kind of like uh, Rancho Bandito and you've got lots of crows, uh, they will definitely let you know when a, when a, when a, a predator's coming in, especially a bobcat. And it's it's I've actually had it to where the crows were actually distracting the cat because they were dive bombing it. Um, you know, so that, that makes it uh, a little easier to, to, to try to get one on the ground. So (laughs) that'd be funny, funny to see. Yeah. 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 So, but, uh, you know, predator hunting is just, it is a lot of fun. Again, it serves a a really good purpose. Um, what better to do now besides, you know, I mean, if you're not deer hunting anymore, right. uh, For sure. Heck yeah. Get at it. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, definitely, and and again, it, it's 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 exciting, you know. It's it's very similar to kind of calling in a turkey, but uh, you know, but obviously the turkey doesn't have teeth and, and fangs and doesn't want to eat you, you know. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's definitely a, an adrenaline uh, an adrenaline rush for for sure. So, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. Now, do you, do you think it works just as well like in July and August when it's blazing hot? As it, it would right now, you or, know. I I think never, they're mainly out at in sure. the middle of the night when it's cool. You know. Yeah. I, again, I I think that uh, in in a scenario like that, I think it would work in in July or August, but it it would definitely have to be at night or, yeah. or early in the morning. You know they, mm-hmm. you know they they don't uh, have the luxury of of having TV dinners and you know the DoorDash and all that kind of stuff where they can just <laughs> order their food. They you know they still gotta go out and get it. Um, you know, and, and really now that I think about it, you know, maybe hunting, uh, attempting to hunt them at, at that time of the year, you know, again, at night or early morning, uh, would be a good thing because, you know, maybe food's a little bit scarce. You know, if you got That's a really true. nasty drought going on, yeah. um, it, it could definitely be, um, um, it, it, you know, it could definitely be a, a, a good thing to hunt them then. I don't know. Well, and maybe they're not being hunted as much then just because as right. humans, we don't want to. We don't want to go outside in July and August. <laughs> yeah, right. No, exactly. Yeah. That's or get out of our trucks with the AC on or whatever. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yep. Oh. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, remember that time? It, it got me it's got me reminiscing of mm-hmm. idea, uh, coyotes and stuff like this. Right. <clears throat> when we were down at the, uh, the JB3 in West Texas, we went out okay. there on a Friday night. On the mm-hmm. way to uh, Lubbock for a football game, right? And uh, and it was really cold. I I don't I guess I, I don't know if it happened the same time as the coolers freezing, but remember when we we're sitting <laughs> sitting out on the porch, yeah, and we we're just out there drinking beer and talking all of a sudden, and it was you know pretty quiet outside, you know, so it's just pitch black out out there because there's you know nothing but stars, and uh, we're sitting on the fairly large porch of the house that's out there mm-hmm. on that ranch. And uh, we're just kind of out there listening to some music, kind of low, but we're all talking and everything. And then all of a sudden, remember how loud it was when the coyotes started howling? And oh, it, they had, yeah. it's like, it was like they circled oh, yeah. the house. 
Remember? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and they yeah. seemed like they were like 10 <laughs> yards away, but it was so dark you couldn't see. I remember that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was intimidating. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> and very loud. I do remember that. I do remember that. Oh, it's it's so great. I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I you know, I hate them. Oh, I don't hate them. I, I love them. You know, I, I hate to say that, but. You know, yeah, they kill fawns, they do all that kind of stuff. But you know, the, the you know, the, it's not hunting. It's not being out in the bush without without hearing them serenade you every night. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, and again, I hate you know, hate to say it, but they but they definitely serve a purpose. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah. That doesn't mean you can't have fun helping to control the population. Uh, no doubt, absolutely. I tell you, I want I'd like to to share two other little little stories about yeah. wildcats again. You know, my. Growing up um, hunting in Throckmorton, you know, my when I was lucky enough, my dad would you know pull me on like a Thursday. We'd make the the four and a half hour trek because it was fifty five then um, to to Throckmorton. And you know, my goal back then was to get a deer down the ugliest coal or spike buck I could find. Get it hey, down. Hey, that's my goal that, now. Yeah, Still. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> but my yeah, so it was to. To get them down, to get one of those deer down, and then, you know, so the rest of the time I could jump tanks uh, for ducks and, the, and then predator hunt. I mean, that that was my goal. Uh, so I can remember several times where, you know, we would go and I'd drop a spike on, you know, Wednesday night and we had the rest of the week. And, I mean, it was it was total, total bliss. And, and I'm, I'm glad that I had that that kind of mentality back then because I really got to witness some cool stuff. Um, one time I remember calling from a, an elevated, uh, tower stand that was actually on top of a, a, a fairly substantial little hill. I mean, I don't think you call it a mountain, obviously, but a hill and it kind of called into a, a little valley and then the valley kind of, you know, went up to, again, some pretty substantial hills. So the, the echo was, was really good. And I knew that everything within the county could hear me. Um, and again, I have my wired speaker, but, but this time I just kind of put in front of the blind, you know, kind of over the little, the little cliff, if you will, and, uh, and, and let it go. And sure. And again, here we go. We got the second tape. So I was in the 30 minute section. Um, and I hear this just God awful fight. Um, and I'm looking around, I'm looking around, I'm, I'm looking down, you know, kind of down and there was a tank and a feeder. Um, but there was also a lot of of, of dead old growth mesquites because there had been a, a pretty big fire there a couple years prior uh, from lightning. And I remember uh, looking on the ground thinking, man, there's, they're, they're cats. I can hear them. There's obviously two of them unless one of them is absolutely psycho and it's fighting itself or, or fighting something else, you know. <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm scanning. And then that's when I realized, oh, my God, they're in the tree. Uh, there were two bobcats uh, in a tree, and again, one of the dead, burnt-out, old-growth old mesquite trees, uh, down down below me, uh, up in the tree, going at it. And really? I guess both had come into my call, and, and, and of course, they were you know, fighting they, over it. <laughs> yeah, they were fighting over it. The damnedest thing I ever saw. Wow. Uh, and, and so they were going at it. So, I mean, fur was flying and everything. They were going at it so hardcore that I couldn't even get a shot. Um, so, you know, you know this day and age, if you, yeah. if you, if you had an iPhone oh, back then, oh, I know. I you recorded that, I know that I would know. have been a, an amazingly viral, viral gold video. Gold, no <laughs> doubt. No, I, I know. I know. Yeah. So, so they went at it and literally fur was flying and it was, it was just crazy. And, um, they, they kind of went to the ground and then ran off their separate ways. Well, I didn't get anything. Uh, but of course, again, obviously it's. We've said a billion times, not all about the kill, it's the experience. And God, that was that was like '93, you know. And I, I still remember that like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think another one of my my favorite hunting experiences, again, with was in regards to bobcats, was um, uh, same place, same ranch, uh, probably hunting. Oh, I think it was maybe two or three miles, actually up the the little hill from where we were. Uh, again, hunting in a tower stand. And, um, but, but this particular situation was really more geared towards coyotes. This was, this was a blind and feeder that was in a, uh, kind of in some, 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 some low lying brush. Okay. There really wasn't a lot of thick cover and come to think of it, I, I, we, they shot a lot of deer there, but it, it didn't make a lot of sense in my opinion, because there just wasn't a lot of escape cover there. So I'm not even really sure how we, why we picked it there, but God, you could see forever. Uh, of course, that was one of the, the many nice things about that. So 
uh, you know, again, um, playing the call. And I actually had a, a little eight point that, that came into the feeder and he, uh, he, he didn't even think twice about the fact that this, this rabbit uh, or speaker, you know, is, is going absolutely crazy, you know, not, uh, you know, not 30 yards from, he didn't even care. Okay. And uh, again, this is after my little experience with the bird and I had, I'd grown up a little bit, you know, I, again, using the, using what, what nature's given you to, to help you when you're hunting. Right. And so, uh, I'm kind of watching this buck as the, the calls playing. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, he kind of perks up and he, he kind of starts running. Uh, but he, he's not running as if he's, uh, trying to escape. He's running after he's going to kill them to, to whoop something. And again, talk about camera, having a camera and an iPhone. I can still see it. It's in my mental DVR. Um, <laughs> this buck had run after uh, a bobcat that was really? running into the call. And again, not a lot of brush. There was some grass. And this cat had kind of broken, uh, probably broken from what he really wanted to do and, and just kind of just kind of hauled ass you know, from the what cover there was to the call. And um him and this, I'd never forget it. And I, oh, uh, and my good buddy Eric was there actually with me. Uh, and so he got to witness it as well. And my dad was in the Jeep, I think, listening to Texas get whooped. Uh, and so I don't know if he even knew what was going on. But uh, this, yeah, the, <laughs> this buck, um, this buck and this, this bobcat lined up. And I can remember the, the bobcat swiping at the buck. And I can remember the buck kind of, you know, lunging forward with his antlers. I mean, it was the coolest thing ever, you know, so cool that I, I kind of forgot what my, uh, my whole reason for being there. Uh-huh. So uh, the, the buck stopped the bobcat probably within about 10 yards of my, uh, of the call. Um, and, and so finally, when the buck kind of had enough, he kind of scurried off with the, <laughs> the bobcat, you know, made his way after all that he had gone through, you know, breaking with his traditional hunting, uh, you know, regiment, if you will, and he made it to that call. And I remember the second he hit that call, uh, he definitely got very wise. So I put a, I put a twenty-two-two-fifty in him, and, and and that was it. And that is actually the bobcat that is on the front entryway at Rancho Bendito. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the flat one on the yep. table there. That's okay. him. Yeah, yep. Huh. The one that the the kids always pester and feel his teeth and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. hey, you know, and, and you know, obviously it, it's there for decoration. You know, at least it was back then. But obviously a very celebrated trophy. But now, you know, um, it's a great teaching tool. You know, you know, kids ask, "Hey, is this a real thing?" Yeah, yeah, this is really it. And you know, and this isn't Mister Jingles. This is a wild cat. You know, and here's what he does. And you know, here it uses his spots to blend in. You know, again, it's a good teaching tool. So. Yeah. But huh. yeah, hey, off season, uh, you know we we've been hitting it pretty hard with the the podcast. But get those feeders, get that supplemental feeding going, um, get those hogs shot, and 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 go out there and hunt some predators. Uh, I th- I think you'll really really enjoy it. Um, you know the the other thing is when you're out there for for coyotes and bobcats, you may call in a fox. Okay, um, you know here in Texas, the, you know the gray fox aren't. You know, maybe not the brightest crayon in the box, and, and and they can come in pretty quick. So so be ready for them. I I've actually I've called them one or two out in West Texas, but nothing at Rancho Bandito. Um, you'll also get some raccoons, and of course you need to pummel those dudes because they um uh, they'll tear through your protein. They eat tur- their deer pellets, protein pellets. They eat turkey eggs and quail eggs and all that kind of stuff. So um, I guess we can never a know. little more on them uh, when you talk about trapping and stuff oh yeah oh yeah 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 our our (laughs) next one we're going to do um is another topic that's near and dear to my heart and 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 that is how you effectively trap uh the official feed bandit mascot uh, the the raccoon (laughs) because you know our our slogan is we'll find your feed uh and then that's that's you know they they always find our feed you know they're up there and actually we're going to be interviewing a a gentleman um, here shortly, who is well, uh, next couple of weeks, I think, who's come up with a device uh, that you could put on your protein feeders so that the the coons can't get your protein, and it really works too. So um, there you go. Talk so stay, about stay tuned for that one. Oh my! Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. I can't wait to I can't wait to talk to him. So it'll be interesting. Yep. All right, uh, there you yeah. have it. 
There you have it. Uh, anything else uh, before we sign off tonight? You know, I uh, I think that's about it. Going axis deer hunting this weekend. Uh, I know we we kind of hit on that last one, so I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, we we- uh, got a message from the the guide, and the guide was saying that uh, he had definitely spotted a couple of uh, axis deer that were still in um, uh, still in hard antler, and one that was in velvet. Uh, and I'm sure we'll we'll do an episode on exotics, but the axis deer kind of drop their antlers and grow them whenever they're they're not on the cycle as in as the white tail and elk and mule deer are. So, uh, and that in itself is kind of a neat thing. Well, I know uh, I speak for our listeners, and when I say uh, don't come back on the podcast without a mount. <laughs> yeah, I know the, the pressure's on. Believe right. me, right? Believe me. All right. And, well, and you know me. So. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, now you heard it. Uh, you got your prescription from uh, Doctor Bandito here. Yep. Uh, get out there and hunt some uh, some yotes, some or as we call pasture poodles. Yep. Uh, or you know, I've heard uh, song dogs. That's another one. Song I, dogs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. I love and, it. Uh, get you a bobcat uh, mounted. They're they're beautiful. And uh, but yeah, with that, uh, just a couple of reminders. Uh, take a look at our website, uh, feedbandit.com. Click on the uh, contest giveaway, giveaway contest link. Uh, we're always running a contest there where you can win some cool gear or could be a service or a gift card or something. So be sure to check back at often on that link. And uh, just uh, come to the website, just regularfeedbandit.com. Look around. We have a pretty decent blog out there with some interesting articles. Uh, we have a search tool that's in beta now where you can go on and uh, – Try it out. Let us know what you think. Uh, you can search for feed stores and other suppliers uh, in your area or on the way to your land. So please go there, check it out, and email us at howdy at feedbedit.com uh, with any suggestions or, you know, attaboys or, you know, it's horrible, whatever. Give us some good feedback because we're always wanting yeah. to make it better for you. <laughs> I like the attaboys. That, that's, go. good. that's good. But every time I try to say that, it smells like ATA, which is probably some stupid <laughs> government. Right. Yeah, I never figured that out. So. All right, folks. Uh, we will talk to you later. Yep. That sounds good. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Feed Bandit Podcast. If you want to find new and innovative hunting gear and service providers not typically offered through the traditional big box hunting stores, come on over and join the hunt at feedbandit.com join. When you join, as a bonus, you'll get our entertaining free e-guide of unique hunting tips and tricks. And a reminder to all you small businesses, feed stores, gear inventors, or entrepreneurs in the hunting space, if you'd like to get more exposure to potential customers by being featured on the Feedbanded podcast, please let us know. We'd love to discuss what we can do for you and your business. Go to feedbanded.com promote. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please give us a rating and review on iTunes as it would really help us out. Go to feedbanded.com iTunes. Thanks everyone for listening. Until next time. Please remember to support your local feed store.